0: Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2,361 with a release date of Friday, January 27th, 2023 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Innovative antenna technology makes its debut on a student CubeSat. A well-loved radio museum reopens in Ireland. And a radio telescope receives a signal from a record-breaking distance. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2361 comes your way right now. From around
1: the world, this is Newsline, amateur radio's independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Union, Kentucky, here's Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. We begin
0: this week's report with a report of a record-breaking signal from a galaxy far, far away. Here's Graham Kemp, VK4BB.
2: Scientists have captured a faint radio signal from the most distant galaxy yet, a signal they believe created a chance to look back 8.8 billion years in time when the universe was 4.9 billion years old. Arnab Chakrabdi, a postdoctoral researcher at McGill University, said the signal was received at a record-breaking distance. A news release from McGill University said the signal, which was received by the giant meter wave radio telescope in India, had a wavelength called the 21-centimetre line. The researchers credit a naturally occurring phenomenon known as gravitational lensing. When that happens, another galaxy that exists between the radio signal and the telescope bends the signal, which magnifies it, enabling the telescope to detect it. Scientist Niru Pumroy at the Indian Institute of Science said this process shows great potential for further study of distant galaxies. This is Graham Kemp, VK4BB.
0: Amateurs in Western Pennsylvania are grieving the loss of a valued friend, mentor, and top traffic handler. For that story, we turn to Kevin Trotman, N5PRE.
1: There was to be a final call and moment of silence for Bob Ketzel, KB3IN, on Friday evening, January 27th, at the start of the Western Pennsylvania phone traffic net on 80 meters. Bob became a silent key on Tuesday, January 24th, following a long illness. According to his close friend, Eddie Mishevich, KB3YRU, Bob took a great joy handling the daily radiogram traffic on the national traffic system in western Pennsylvania and serving as net control for the western Pennsylvania phone traffic net. First licensed in 1961 as a junior in high school, Bob most recently had been western Pennsylvania's section traffic manager for the ARRL and the western Pennsylvania representative for the third region net cycle Two traffic net. A member of the Washington County Amateur Communications Club, he was a former ARIES emergency coordinator for Washington County. According to Eddie, Bob was well known for his generosity as a mentor, having taught traffic handling and radiogram classes to fellow amateurs. He was a retired dispatch supervisor for the Washington County Department of Public Safety in Pennsylvania. Eddie said of him, our next section traffic manager is going to have big shoes to fill. There will never be another Bob. Bob was 76. This is Kevin Trotman, in 5 pre A group of hams in Europe will be joining the
0: on-air festivities in February, recognizing the role radio can play as a tool of peace among nations. Andy Morrison, K9AWM,
3: brings us that report. The United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, known as UNESCO, declared World Radio Day to be a celebration of the contributions this communications medium can make towards peace. This year marks the 12th such World Radio Day on the 13th of February. Although there is a separate day set aside to mark World Amateur Radio Day later this spring, hams with the EA Digital Federation are celebrating the medium with several special event stations. Operators plan to be on the air this year with special call signs between Friday the 10th and Monday the 13th of the month. The call signs are AO1-9WRD. through QSL cards will be available for any single contact and qualify the operator for the Radio Clubs of the World Award, EA Net. Meanwhile, on the commercial side of the spectrum in the U.S., KDKA News Radio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, is receiving the 2023 World Radio Day Award for U.S. stations as the country's oldest licensed broadcast station. Previous winners include. 10 wins in New York City, college radio station WRHU at Hofstra University on Long Island, New York, and the first winner, WTOP, in Washington, D.C. This is Andy Morrison, K9AWM. Innovative antenna technology is being featured as part of a
0: CubeSat project underway in Arizona. Jack Parker, W8ISH, gives us those details. Students at the University of Arizona have
4: finished their work on a CubeSat project that will be launched into low Earth orbit later this year. One of the innovations the CubeSat will use is inflatable antenna technology developed by one of the school's astronomy professors. By striving to stay in a sun-synchronous orbit around Earth, the small satellite, known as a CATSAT, will remain in daylight through most of the length of its mission. Its inflatable antenna system was developed by Professor Christopher Walker, who serves as the team's science principal investigator. The inflatable antenna will be used for high-bandwidth transmission. According to the website Freefall Aerospace, where Walker developed the antenna, the system makes use of an ultra-lightweight inflatable structure that provides a large-aperture high-gain antenna that can be deployed in orbit. The CATSAT's mission will also include detection of HF signals from amateur radio operators around the world through its use of a whisper antenna. Those transmissions will be downlinked to a receiver at the school's Biosphere 2 facility on the Arizona campus. CATSAT will also be collecting high-resolution images of Earth and providing data on the ionosphere. The project is part of NASA's CubeSat Launch Initiative. Reporting for Amateur
0: Radio Newsline, I'm Jack Parker, W8ISH. An educational satellite built by Swiss students is being prepared for an important launch in February as we learn
5: from Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. With the help of a ham radio antenna donated by the Vaudois Amateur Radio Club, HB9MM, high school students in Switzerland will be learning how to download telemetry data and photos from a satellite they have helped build in a laboratory at Orbital Solutions in Monaco. The Rosé CubeSat-1 is the first educational satellite of its kind to be created through the company's STEMSAT programme. Le Rosé is the name of the Swiss learning institute that the students attend. be able to send commands to the CubeSat to select telemetry and picture download or to switch it into its VU transponder mode so that amateurs around the world will be able to communicate over the small satellite. The downlink using BPSK and AX25 is on 436.825 MHz and when the transponder is enabled its uplink will be on 145.850 megahertz the launch is expected to take place on the 14th of february at the vandenberg space force base in california this is jeremy g for njh Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur
0: Radio Newsline. Heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the WB5 ITT Repeater of the Triangle Repeater Association in Houston, Texas, on Mondays at 7.30 p.m. Are you a satellite enthusiast hoping to go for the big prize with your contacts? There's an opening at AMSAT for a capable volunteer who can help with an important tool for chasers. Cell MBKB3TZD tells us what's involved.
6: AMSAT's Gridmaster Heat Map has served as an invaluable guide to grid chasers using satellites. For those activating hams who need to be aware of which grids are in greatest need, AMSAT says in a recent weekly service bulletin that the map may be going away unless a replacement manager can be found. Paul Overn, KE0PBR, will be stepping down after three years at the helm of the project in which he tracked grid rarity based on crowdsourced data from hams who updated him. Paul's Twitter feed, at GridmasterHeat, displays a color-coded map of grid rarities ranging from green, the most common, to red, for rare. The map plays an especially important role in the pursuit of AMSAT's prestigious Gridmaster Award. This honor is conferred on any amateur around the world who works all 488 Maidenhead grid squares in the 48 contiguous United States via satellite and has those contacts confirmed in writing. AMSAT is looking for a volunteer to assume Paul's post. The candidate should be capable of collecting crowdsourced data and transferring it to a spreadsheet or some other format and providing updates every week to satellite users. For details, visit www.amsat.org. This is Cell KB3TZD.
0: A beloved museum for fans of antique radio and gear is finally reopening its doors in Dublin. We have more details from Jeremy Boot, G4NJH.
5: The doors are opening at Ye Oldie Hurdy Gurdy Museum, a vintage collection of radios and radio-related items housed in a Martello tower near Dublin in Ireland. On the weekend of January the 14th, the first visitors were able to step inside after the museum had been closed for two months for renovation work. Though the initial opening provided some limited access, while the remainder of the work was completed, full access was expected to be available after January the 21st. The well-loved museum was opened by Pat Herbert in 2003, and the radio aficionado brought much of his collection to its displays. The museum continues to have the support of his family and friends following Pat's death in 2020 at the age of 83. The museum is the home of amateur radio station EI0MAR, which is operated by the Houth Martello Radio Group. There is more history to this museum than just the collection it holds. In the mid-19th century, the tower itself housed the first telegraphy station connecting Great Britain and Ireland. Lee de Forest, the pioneering radio scientist from the US, visited the tower in 1903 to conduct experiments in wireless telegraphy. This is Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. In the world of DX, there's
0: good news for Bouvet Island DXpedition 3Y0J watchers. Despite earlier reports to the contrary, team members are operating Maritime Mobile from the ship as they make their way to the island. Be listening for them using their home calls plus Stroke MM using CW and single sideband. Team co-leader Ken LA7GIA said, The group has a dipole with capability of 17 meters and 20 meters one lu8 dbs is on the air in his spare time as lu1zv at esperanza base antarctica IOTA number AN016. Listen for him on 40, 20, and 10 meters where he is using single sideband through the end of January. In February, he will be adding CW and digital modes. Send QSLs direct to LU4DXU. Be listening for Robson, PY6TV, who will be using CW and sideband with a call sign PT6T from Isla de Moray, IOTA number SA023 from the 2nd to the 5th of February. QSL direct to his home call and see his QRZ.com page for PayPal details. Robson will upload his log to Clublog. Adam, VK2YK, Chris, VK5FR, Ivan, VK5HS, and a team of other VK hams will be using the call sign VK5TIL from Trowbridge Island, Iota number OC139, on the 7th, 8th, and 9th of February. They will operate CW, sideband, and digital modes on various bands, QSL via M0OXO's OQRS, Logbook of the World, and EQSL. Be listening for John, W5JON, who will be on the air as V47JA from St. Kitts, Iota number NA104 from the 31st of January to the 15th of February. He will be using Single Side Man and FT8 on the HF bands and 6 meters. QSL via Logbook of the World or direct to W5JON. Speaking of Chasing DX and DXpeditions, a group of amateurs is hosting a DXpedition boot camp in the South Pacific, offering the expertise of experienced ops to help those who hope to do it for real sometime. The station on Norfolk Island offers CW and sideband from 160 meters through 10 meters with dedicated stations for FT8 and 6 meters, along with a variety of dipole and vertical antennas. A short drive from the DXpedition station is Mount Bates, where interesting operators can try their hand at a soda activation. Norfolk Island National Park is also adjacent to the DXpedition station. The camp will take place from March 17th to the 31st. For more information about costs or other details, visit the website DXpeditionBootCamp.net. Yes, meals are included. Finally, we end with a story about gratitude. There are a lot of ways to say thank you, of course, but in amateur radio, some gestures go beyond mere words or even certificates. Here's Ralph Scolacci, KK6ITB, to tell us about a group of hams here in the U.S. who turned a thank you into a special event. How exactly do you say thank
7: you to your mentor, the ham who patiently answered your questions, all of them, helped with your studies, guided you with your shack, handled questions about on-air protocol, and, well, you name it. The simple answer is, you get on the air. For a group of radio operators in New England, that translated into creating a special event thank you to their Elmers late last year. Using the call sign W1E forward slash Elmer, six of them got on the air for a few days late last year, telling stories and hearing stories about those all-important hams who made a difference in their lives. In all, there were a little more than 300 Cusos, each one an audio thank-you card offered as a tribute. However, the Elmer event doesn't end there. Two of the organizers, Bill, W1FMX, and Rich, KB1FGC, know there are more stories out there and lots of thank-yous to share. This year, it will be happening again, starting on September 29th. And Rich hopes that hams everywhere, not just in New England, will join them on the air. So if you've been thinking about why and how of where you are now in amateur radio, now is the time for Rich to hear from you. His email address is in the text version of this week's newscast at arnewsline.org. Rich's first special event was a few years ago in honor of his father who had owned a trucking business and was on the board of the Department of Transportation in Connecticut. But at that time, Rich had never heard of a special event that let hams honor other hams. He believed that an on-the-air event honoring radio mentors would provide an appropriate means for celebrating those who made it possible for many of us to get on the air in the first place. As the participants' certificate states clearly, Elmer's helped to keep ham radio strong. This is Ralph Squillaci, KK6
0: ITB. Do you have a piece of amateur radio news that you think Newsline would be interested in? We're not talking about advertising your club's upcoming ham fest or field day participation, but something that's out of the ordinary. If so, send us a brief overview via the contact page at arnewsline.org. If it's newsworthy and we would like to cover it, we'll get back to you for more details. With thanks to Amateur Radio Weekly, AMSAT News Service, the ARRL, CBS News, CQ Magazine, David Behar, K7DB, De Expedition Boot Bootcamp, Eddie Misowitz, KB3YRU, 425DX News, EA Digital Federation, Jenny Tupper, McGill University, Rich Guerrera, KB1FGC, Sean Kutzko, KX9X, shortwave.de, UNESCO, Wireless Institute of Australia, and you are listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. We also remind our listeners that if you like our newscast, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen eve murray Katie KD2GUT at the News Desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Neil Rapp, WB9VPG and Union, Kentucky, saying 7-3. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2023. All rights reserved.